Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Lose a battle, never lose the war. If I can draw your attention to those verses I just read where Paul says, yeah, I went down to Troas and I went there to preach the gospel of Christ. And when I got there, I found out that the Lord had opened a great big door for me. And I was excited about it, but I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I left. I said goodbye to them and I went on to Macedonia. One of the things that God promises, I, I trust you get it as a result of being in a service like this one. I trust you get it from the communion. I trust you get it from prayer. I trust you get it from worship. I trust you get it from gospel music. I trust you get it from worship songs. One of the things that God promises is perfect peace. He said, I will keep in perfect peace the one who's steadfast because their mind is stayed on me. And you can have a lot of stuff, but peace is priceless. You can have a job, peace is priceless. You can have a fine man, but peace is priceless. You can have a fine woman, but peace is priceless. You can have money in the bank. Still, it does not guarantee peace. There's something about a peace that guards your heart in Christ Jesus. There's something about a peace that passes understanding that guards your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. There's something about a peace that makes the voices quiet. If we can be honest in here, we'll admit that sometimes when the lights are out and the night comes, the voices come. For anybody that lays down and closes their eyes and tries to go to sleep, and in that moment, the demons try to come and the devil tries to come and tell you what you ain't going to do and what's not going to happen and what's not going to take place. For any mama who's thinking, am I doing right? Am I running right? Am I handling it right? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? The ability to sleep without drugs, the ability to sleep without a sip of wine, the ability to sleep without some kind of help. I wish I had a witness in here. There's something about peace that passes understanding. And if you're honest, you know that it's important because you've battled in the night season with the voices. You sat up for an hour or two listening to the enemy trying to convince you that the God you serve is not able. But we came to speak life over you this morning. We came to speak life over your situation. We came to let you know that the devil is a liar. I had a teacher in Bible school that said, I can't keep birds from flying over my head, but I can keep them from making a nest in my hair. The devil is called the prince of the power of the air. He has the ability to put a thought in your mind. He cannot make you dwell on that thought, but he can put a thought 
in your mind and you're not going to be able to walk with God. You're not going to be able to be successful in the kingdom. You're not going to be able to really have anything. You're not going to be able to lead anybody if you are not prepared for the mental battle that is life. The truth of the matter is you must prioritize peace. It's got to be something that we have to be serious about. In a world where 40% of Americans are on some kind of antidepressant, the truth of the matter is that peace is rare. In a world where we're vaping and smoking weed and getting high and drinking and partying and doing everything we can, I got you. I want you to know I'm not judging you because I know what it's like to not have peace. I know what it's like for your peace to be gone. I know what it's like to close your eyes and all you hear is the negative voice of the enemy and you've got to figure out how to get God in your situation. You got to figure out how to get a prayer through. You got to have some people that know how to pray. I wish I had a witness. You got to know. It's why y'all got to come to church. Some of you, you got to be here. We used to have midweek. You had to go to midweek just to get through. It's so interesting how we don't want to go to church as much as we used to and ain't got no peace. Spend money on phones and spend money on weed and won't give to the building fund. It's very interesting that we don't think we need God and we're more lost than ever without him. I love this passage of scripture because the apostle Paul just gets honest. It's one of the reasons why. I believe that the Bible is inspired and it is the word of God because why tell us this? For all of you that just look at me and look at Pastor Tyrus and Pastor Tony and the elders and Elder Paul and past all of us and just think, oh, your life must be just so incredible and just so amazing. You're in the ministry and it just must be wonderful for you. Everything just must be amazing. Uh -uh. Think again. This is not easy to do. This is not an easy thing to do. This is, and the Apostle Paul, in essence, says, yeah, well, I went to Troas. I went there to do the will of God. Just because you go to do the will of God doesn't mean everything's going to be amazing. As a matter of fact, a lot of times, there's even more challenge doing the will of God than there was when you was doing your own thing. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. Nobody offered you weed until you decided to stop smoking it. Y'all don't know what this is. There's this stuff called marijuana. Okay. Nobody offered you. Nobody offered you a cigarette till you started to quit. Nobody liked you till you decided to be holy. You couldn't get a date. Then you said, I'm a BAV. And then dudes came out the woodwork. You a born again virgin? Oh, really? Let's check this out. That didn't happen until you decided to follow Jesus. If you never hit any opposition, maybe you and the devil are going in the same direction. But when you decide, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go in the right direction. All hell breaks loose. I wish I had a witness in the building. There's almost nothing more challenging than seeing your Canaan and realizing that you're going to have to fight for it. 
You think Canaan just happens. It don't just happen. Canaan happens. You see, the Lord shows you your promised land. And when you get there, you got to be prepared for the fact that you're going to have a fight on your hands now. If you want joy, you must fight for it. If you want joy, you must praise for it. If you want money, you're going to have to leave for it. If you want friends, you're going to have to praise for it. If you want a man, you're going to have to pray. <laughs> you want a good somebody, you're going to need Jesus on your side. You are going to have to act right and talk right. You can't take nothing for granted anymore. If you're going to own property, you're going to have to get a plan together. Nobody going to give you nothing. You are going to have to take it by force. I need a witness in the room around the world. You're going to have to fight for it. Paul says, actually, I was there to do the will of God. I was actually there, and God opened the door. God actually made a way for me to be used in the way that he wanted me to be used, but somebody was missing. Without Titus, it didn't make sense to me. I know we just think, oh, just give me Jesus. You can take the world and give me Jesus. I'm sorry. Sometimes to do the will of God and the purpose of God and to fulfill your destiny, you got to have the right people around you. If you don't have your Titus with you, maybe the reason why you have no peace of mind is because you don't even know what a Titus looks like. Way more Judas than Titus. Some of us love a Judas. We love an Iscariot. Oh, that's what we do. We go from Judas Iscariot to Judas Iscariot. I got to move on. It ain't the point. We go from Judas to Judas. We go from glory to glory. We go from hurt to hurt. We go from betrayal to betrayal. We just are a sucker for somebody that will stab us. I wish I had a witness in the building. I wish I was talking to somebody else besides just me. It's not just that you're the common denominator that something's wrong with you. It's that you have a weakness for people who will take from you. You have a blind spot for folk who aren't about anything but taking from you. And, and it's very interesting that the Apostle Paul, a guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, was unable to fulfill his assignment without the right person with him. No Titus, no preaching. And he ends up leaving and saying goodbye and walking away. And my feeling about it is that he's admitting this in this moment and he ain't all that happy about it. He says, I ended up leaving an opportunity. I ended up missing an opportunity because the team wasn't right. I don't know if you've ever missed an opportunity because the team wasn't right. I don't know if, if you ever missed an opportunity because you didn't have the right folk walking with you. Might I suggest something to you for your consideration? You may be waiting on a breakthrough because the Lord is waiting for you to assemble the proper team. Because if he blesses you now with the folk you have with you, they're just going to rob you. I need to just move on. 
they're not there to help you. If you wonder why the door won't open, it's because it's very interesting to me. Sometimes God blesses me the most right after betrayal, and I'm mad about it, but I realize he was trying to get the Judases out of my camp so that when he blessed me, I wouldn't be robbed by people that I did not see coming. I think we're not honest. I think we lie. I think we act like, oh, you don't need nobody else as long as I got King Jesus. No, that's not true. You need King Jesus and you need a real good friend. You need somebody that will keep your secret. I wish I had. You need somebody that will take the stand for you in a court of law and lie. No, you ain't got to lie. You need somebody that if they take the stand against you, you know you in trouble. You need somebody that you can tell them the truth and they'll keep it. They won't tell nobody. I wish I had a witness. man. When you're younger, you want a lot of friends. When you're older, give me two. Give me one. Give me two. Give me three. Just give me one. Somebody. Can I find a Titus anywhere? Can I get a witness? Anybody? Where is my Titus? Where is the person that will keep my confidence? Where's the person that makes this all make sense to me? He ends up leaving and missing out on an opportunity because his team is not together. And then we get to verse 14 in which he says, but thanks be to God, but give God praise, but give God glory, but say hallelujah, but say, Lord, I love you, but say hallelujah anyhow. I grew up in a church in which they made you praise them. I grew up in a family in which my dad made us praise. My dad used to wake us up at 5 o'clock in the morning for devotions and make us praise God on command. His basic perspective was that you don't praise God because you feel him. You feel God because you praise him. And that praise is an act of your will. And he wasn't waiting for you to feel it. You was praising him at 5 a.m. in the summer, bruh. He felt like you praised because he said to praise. So I grew up in a church where praise was expected whether you felt it or not. Praise was expected whether or not things were good or not. I got that. But there's something about giving God praise for a reason. I need a witness in the building. So find a daddy to praise God as an act of your will. But if you've ever had a reason to praise God, if you've ever been in a situation where God made a way where there was none, if you ever found yourself in a situation you were like, look at God. Look at what the Lord has done for me. Don't nobody got to hype you. Don't nobody got to say nothing to you. You don't need no organ. You don't need nothing. You just need some space. Matter of fact, you go to your car and praise him. You go to the parking lot and praise him. You don't even wait to get to church on Sunday. You praise him in your break room. Oh, I need a witness in the building. And when you get really bold, you'll praise him in the supermarket. I, you'll pull over and shout on the side of the road because you'll be like, if I don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out, but ain't no rock going to cry in my place. If it had not been for God, they 
I thought they were going to lay me off, and they did, but I got a better thing and a double thing and another thing, and God gave me double for my trouble, and I, just when I thought I couldn't make it, that's when he stepped in for me, and I owe him a praise. You don't need Pastor Tyrus to say, praise him, praise him, praise him. You don't need Pastor Tony to say, come on, come on. You don't need me to say, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God. With you only need that if you're not thinking about what he's done for you. You only need that if he ain't never done nothing for you. You only need that if you've never put him to the test. If you've always just walked in your own strength and you've always only done what only you can do and you've always only been careful just to walk up to the line of your own power. If you have ever crossed over, if you have ever gotten uncomfortable, if you have ever gotten out of your boat, if you have ever thought to yourself, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm putting my trust in God. I'm scared half to death. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. If you ever do that and God makes a way, you know God in a way that don't nobody else know. Can nobody make you doubt him then? You have a whole nother kind of gut knowledge of him. Paul says, but thanks be to God for a reason. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. There are so many different translations of the Bible at this point, it's not even funny. You go online and go to Bible Gateway or something. It's not just the NIV and the King James Version and the New King James Version. It's, it's the United Negro College Fund. You know what I'm saying? It is, I mean, it is a McDonald's Burger King. And there is a Wendy's version. There is a Starbucks wake up in the morning version of the Bible. It's just, there's the message. There's the message. There's just so many versions of the Bible now. I remember there was only three or four. Now there's 80 of them. Now it's just so many living, new living, living literal, all of it. The NIV has been done several times. I had a 1984 NIV Bible that I memorized a lot of scriptures in. I memorized a lot in King James because it's shorter, but in the NIV in 84, and then they came out with a new NIV. This particular Translation is interesting because, in essence, it implies that God makes us victorious even when we don't want to be. It's not just thanks be to God who causes us to triumph. I love that. But this passage says, thanks be to God who's going to lead us in a victorious procession even if he has to do it by making us captives in it. Meaning that God is so serious about victory and God, I'm sorry, I just love this, I love it. God is so serious about your victory, he's so sure that you're a winner that he'll make you fight if he has to. Oh, I need a witness in the building. 
especially if you're somebody who's a little bit more likely to shy away from a fight. If right now you're asking, why am I dealing with this? Why am I going through this right now? Why is this happening like this? God, you didn't have to let them do me like this. Lord, you didn't have to let them say that to me. You didn't have to let me go through this. No, the Lord won't put more on you than you can bear. But also, the Lord is trying to get you to understand you better than you think you are. thought I'd get a better amen than that. He'll cause you. If he has to, he'll take you captive. He will cause you to march in a victory march. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I didn't even want to fight this battle. I didn't even want to have to do this. I never wanted to start my own business. I never wanted to work for me. I never wanted to do this. But after the way they did me and what they said to me and the way that they hurt me and they clearly showed me they did not care about me. And I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you know what? I found out that I was bigger, better, better than I I ever thought I could be. I wanted to be loyal, but they didn't deserve loyalty from me. Oh, I need a witness in the building. They used me. They showed me. They didn't care about me, and I still was loyal, and I still was faithful, and I still was consistent, and all they did was show me that they only thought about me, and after years of abuse, I decided that's it. I guess it's going to be me and God. I wanted to be a good son, but when my father and my mother forsook me, I had to be me and God by myself. I didn't even want to be here. I didn't even want to go nowhere. I didn't even want to move but God caused me can I get a witness caused me and now the victory that I find myself in is a victory that I did not expect I'm a captive to triumph I'm a captive to triumph I wish I could take credit for it but I'm a captive to triumph there's way too many victories that it wasn't my idea to fight, Elder. It wasn't my idea to fight. I wish I could stick my chest out and act like I'm somebody, but there's just too many fights that the Lord made me fight that person. The Lord made me fight that situation. The Lord made me have a bigger prayer life. I was not interested in that, but God said, yeah, but when I get done with you, you're going to have a faith around something that you don't have now. And I can look back on my darkest days I don't know how long you've been alive I don't know how long you've been on the planet but cross over half a century and you have more than one darkest days I had some of my darkest days but it's very interesting who I am now after my darkest days as a matter of fact I realized if I hadn't went through what I went through, then I never would have been able to deal with what I'm dealing with now. I wish I had a way. I'm so glad for them dark days. The Lord made me tough. The Lord made me strong. The Lord made me deep. I wasn't trying to be this deep, but God made me deep. He made me deep by my heart being broken. He made me deep by me being scared to death. He made me deep by going silent on me. I need a witness from somebody say, God ever go silent on you and he just ain't saying nothing to you and you praying all night long until you found the Lord and you don't hear nothing from God. 
You feel like he's in the boat, but he's asleep. I've learned to just be quiet when he gets quiet. I've learned to just sit still and know that he's God. Because sometimes the hug doesn't necessarily mean blessing. Sometimes the Lord draws you closer because you're about to get hurt. Some of us who just want God so close, just understand, sometimes the Lord draws you close because pain's coming. My daughter Kayla's here, and, uh, you know, I have to talk about her a little bit when she's here because she's moving. But, but when she was a baby, 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 she had to get her little shots. Back then, they didn't give you 80. They just gave you a couple. Went to take her to get her little shots, and, you know, her mother couldn't take it, and so I went took her to give her shots to get her shots, and the doctor said, turn her towards you and hug her. Put one leg here, one leg here. So I put a leg here, a leg here, and I hugged her. And she just looked up at me like, oh, daddy, I just love you so much. Thank you for this hug. And I'm hugging her knowing that they are about to stick needles in her legs. And right when she looked at me and I smiled at her and then stick, 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 stick. And this look of betrayal came across her face like, And I just hugged her and I said, I know, Kayla, I know. But this right here is going to make you strong against stuff that might have tried to take you out later. My God, just because God hugged you don't mean ain't some needles coming. In other words, he's going to make me win, always win. And I came to tell somebody in here that the only battles that I've ever lost were the battles that I was afraid to fight in the first place. The devil talked me out of fighting and I ended up losing because I was afraid to fight. With God on your side, you cannot be defeated. With God on your side, even if you lose a battle, you won't lose no war. Lose a battle, be able to admit it, but don't lose the war. Because what the enemy is really after is not even today. He's after tomorrow. Can I prophesy over you? God's about to do something really big and powerful and awesome in your life. Whoever wants to receive it, you better receive it. And the enemy is trying to talk you out of the faith that's going to get you that next thing. He ain't even caring that much about your right now stuff because what he's trying to take from you right now ain't even that much. But if he can rob you of this now, then he can rob you of the faith for the more that is coming. But I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. And you have to keep fighting no matter what. Lose one battle, but don't lose the war. Who was pretty much undefeated? Joshua was pretty much undefeated. The only battle, the only I ever really lost was Ai, and he wasn't even there. Ai was so small, he sent the troops there without him, and they got beat because there was idolatry or because they had taking stuff that belonged to God. But other than that, Joshua is pretty much undefeated. 
And in Joshua chapter 23, Joshua, in essence, gives us a glimpse into how to never lose. And so I rebuke loserdom in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spirit of loser. I have to rebuke it because some of us are birthed from losers. No, I have to bind it in the name of Jesus. That generational curse, some of us, our daddies are losers, our mamas are losers. They ain't done nothing but lose the whole time. Everything they ever tried never worked. Some of us were born in a loser generation. We were born in a loser city, in a loser group. All your friends are losers. Everybody around you is a loser. And we got to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You are not a loser. You are a winner. You are not going under. You are going over. I wish I had a winner. You are not a victim. You are a victor. No, I speak it. You are not a victim. You are a victor. This did not happen for you to go down. God did not bring you out this far to take you back again. He brought you out to take you into the promised land. It ain't nobody's fault. Who sinned? This man or his parents? He was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. This has got nothing to do with your family background. This has nothing to do with your DNA. This has happened so that the work of God might be displayed in your life. And you about to see God do something before the year is out. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you about to see something in this last quarter. You down to your last six, eight weeks. It's okay. God's about to move on your behalf. And you are about to see God move like never before I'm just going to speak it over myself and over you God's about to break the yoke over your life if you can simply trust them you don't have to wonder if you're a loser I don't know who I'm talking to but whoever that lying spirit that's trying to say to you you're just broken and you are just not good and you just ain't enough the devil's a lie as a matter of fact the reason why I say the devil is a liar is because if he's telling you that then you know the opposite is true Oh, I wish I had a witness. If the devil's telling you you ain't going to get it, you must be getting ready to get it. If the, Lord, if the devil's telling you you're going to die alone, you must be getting ready to meet somebody. You better go to the gym. If the devil is trying to tell you that you ain't never going to have nothing, you better get your bank account ready because the devil is a liar. You will live and not die. You will overcome. You will not go down in defeat. We will praise you out. We will pray you out. We will call you out. We'll lay hands on you. We'll holler at you. We will shout until you get the victory. And we'll praise when you get your victory. Oh, yes, we will. We ain't got no haterade in here. If you win, we win. That means if God is moving in your row, he getting ready to move on my... If God has touched you then I must be getting ready to get blessed. If you got somebody and you ain't even cute, God must be getting ready to bring me somebody. You don't even do your hair. All right, sit down. I'm sorry. How do you never lose? So rude. How do you never lose? All right. First of all, before I say how, let me just give you an intro into the promise. Let me tell you what God has promised us. I want you to claim it. I want you to claim this. This is your biblical promise from God. You have a relationship with God. You're saved. You know the Lord. You love the Lord. If you're thinking, but what if I'm not saved? All right. 
Everybody say this. I believe. Come on. I believe Jesus is alive. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's risen from the dead, you're saved. For with the mouth you believe, with your heart you believe, and with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you're saved now. De absolvo. You're saved. Whatever the enemy meant against you, God has turned it around for your good. Whatever sins you have done, thanks be to God that they're all covered. If you think there's anybody holy in here, you got another thing coming. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. My God. All of us in here, not a, from the front to the back, from the cameraman to the preacher, we all need the blood of Jesus up in this piece. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Pastor Andy, you better than me. Oh, no, I'm not. Black man, just like you, bro. All of us need the blood. All of us need the mercy. All of us need the grace. Ain't nobody righteous. No, not one. Even people that do right don't want to do right. Let me just move on. All right. Here's the promise. The promise is land. Everybody say land. Come on, say land. In the comments, say land, land, territory, territory. God promises you territory. God promises you land. God promises you property. Expect it. God promises you homes you did not build. I speak that right now over your life. Homes you did not build. I'm praying that you'll walk through something and you'll be like, somebody done built that and look, they put marble over here. Okay. And that you will get something that the devil meant for evil. God has turned it around for your good and that the wealth of the wicked will be laid up for the just. I speak that right now. And that you will walk through homes you did not Build. I pray that somebody is building something custom right now and they think it's for them, but it's got your name on it. And that God has a plan for you to get something you could not afford if it wasn't for him. He promises, promised land. He says, I'm going to give you homes you did not build. I'm going to give you wells you did not dig. Wells you did not dig. That's eternal sources that you did not build yourself. That's businesses that somebody else. You are, there's about to be a wealth transfer. And as the boomers are going on to retirement and to their reward, there are multiple businesses, million-dollar businesses that function that aren't cute, that are just basic, that need to be transferred into the hands of some people that believe God, that he wants to bless them with a business they did not build. I'll just speak that over the room in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to manage it, but you didn't build it. This is, how you, this is how you win that fight. He says in verse 6, number one, be very strong. Be very strong. 
I said it a minute ago. I'll say it again. It's on the screens. You only lose if you don't fight. You only lose if you don't fight. If there's anything you ever hear from me, if you ever want to say what I'm saying to you, if you ever want to act like you ever in a room with me, if you want to know what makes my heart beat, it is fight, 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 fight to the death. I'll die fighting. I'm not going to die losing. I'll die fighting. Tell me what I got. I'll still believe God. I'll go to my grave believing that God is able. I'll fight till I have no more fight left in me. I'll fight till I have no more breath. My mama didn't raise no punk up in here. I will fight till my last. I will praise till my last breath. Don't you ever stop fighting. Don't you ever stop believing. Don't you ever stop dreaming. Don't you ever stop claiming and naming. You only lose if you don't fight. Ephesians 6 says, put on the armor of God so that you could take your stand when the day of evil comes. Evil going to come, but you're going to be ready for it. Number two, he says, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Carefully obey. Carefully obey. Be careful of swerving. You ever been in your car and you're not paying attention? That was weak. I'm asking the room. Ever been in the car and you're not paying attention? I have a car, it's not new, it's brand used, it's new to me. But it has this little thing that pops up like a little cup of coffee in the middle that says, you might want to pull over. What's that from? Because I'm distracted. I'm driving and I'm swerving from the left to the right. Accidents happen from an overcorrection from swerving. And if you're like me, and you're honest, and there's hell in your life, I'd be willing to bet you it's because you swerved. I'm going to let that marinate. I'm going to let it sink in for a minute. You be mad at the devil all you want, but really it was you. The devil didn't make you do that. The devil didn't lead you into the club. The <laughs> that was not the devil. Oh, don't nobody want to say amen on that one. That was not the devil. AGL, that was not the devil. What, what led you to your, I would be willing to bet you, you could go back and track and think, if I had just done what my mama told me, I, I just I wish I had a wish. If I had just been more careful, thankfully the grace of God and the mercy of God is on me so that I can deal with the consequences from the mistakes I made. That's the kind of God I serve. That's the kind of God. I don't serve a God who expects me to be perfect. I serve a God who likes me even when I'm not. And now is blessing me exceedingly abundantly so that I can deal with the mess that I caused in my own life because I swerved. Can't get no witnesses on that one. But it's okay. You got to. So now, if you, if you, if, now, 
learn your lesson. I don't know if anybody like, well, what did the Bible say? I'm carefully obeying because I've got enough already from the mistakes I made. Number three, do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Number three, you have to separate. You got to be careful who you associate with. It's one of the hardest things to do. So many of us end up losing because we associating with the wrong people. We can't leave friends. We got to stay with people from the eighth grade. And notice I said eighth, not eighth. Eighth grade, it's different. You just decided to hire all your friends from the eighth grade into your business. It's not the thing to do. You may have to separate. You may have to separate from the idol worshipers. I know it's hard because everybody just wants to mix it all together now. Everybody want to have a little Jesus and a little crystals and a little bit of hand palm reading and a little bit of Virgo Sagittarius and a little bit of this and that. We just want to mix it all together in a great big spiritual stew. But you better be careful asking the devil about your future. I'm almost done. Build your team. Build your team. Number four, I'm almost done. He says, do not invoke the name of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. You got to hold fast to the Lord as you have until now. Remember how you got here. Remember how you got here. One of the worst things that can ever happen to you and make you start losing is you forget how you got here. You forget it was the Lord who did this. You forget it was the Lord who saved you. You forget it's something that happens. I don't know what it is about us. We can be real saved when we broke. Ain't nobody saved like a broke somebody. And get you some money, and the next thing you know, you're just too busy to go to church. You going down there? I don't know. What are you doing? Yeah, where am I going to park? You used to walk to the church. Now you're thinking, where am I going to park? You was begging God for a car. Lord, if you just bless me with a car, I'll pick people up to church to bring them to church, Jesus. Now you're like, where am I going to park my car? I got parking over there. I got to walk. I got to walk for a house. You beg God so bad. Lord, if you just give me this job, God, I promise. Now you got it. Now you're like, oh, I got a tie. <laughs> What do they want? Uh, Victory Park, leave us alone. If it had not been for the Lord on your side, do you know how blessed you are? Do you know who would trade places with you? I wish I had one. Do you understand? You think you in trouble. You don't know nothing about trouble. There are folk who would trade places with you right now in a heartbeat, in the five heartbeats. They wouldn't even think about it. They cut off their pinky toe to be you. You got every new phone and every new thing and every new microlink and every new weave and every new nail and every new tooth and every new glasses and every new shoe. Your great grandmama wished she had half of what you had and she was way more dedicated to the Lord than my Lord. She served the Lord with gladness. She came before his presence with singing. You are more blessed than she ever thought and you can't even hardly say hallelujah good. Your great-grandmama was cleaning other people's houses, praising God the whole time. And I can barely get you to say hallelujah in church. The devil is a liar. What has happened to us as a people? 
we're supposed to be the spiritual ones. You better remember how you got here. I said, you better remember who brung you. Don't get cute. Don't start feeling yourself. Don't switch teams. Verse 9, I'm done. He says, the Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations to this day. No one has been able to withstand you. I speak this over you. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand. One of you routes a thousand. I don't know why you're so scared of people talking about you. God is on your side. All you, you have so much power in you. Oh my God, I speak it in the name of Jesus by the Spirit. You have so much power on you. One of you chases a thousand. That's what the Bible says. What the Lord has done is he has driven people out of where you belong. Because you can't get something worth getting and ain't nobody there. The favor, the position, the thing you're believing God for, chances are somebody there already. And so now what God has to do is he has to fight for you. Let God fight. I, I was having a conversation with the Lord. He got very upset with me. Sometimes the Lord just, he don't cuss me, but he's close. He says, me, dang it, is what he says to me. He just gets upset. He said to me the other day, Andy, can you just shut up and let me do what I want to do? That's my final word to you. Can you just shut up? And let God be God. Can you stop talking God out of what he's about to do? He's about to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think if you could just stop trying to talk him out of doing what he wants to do. There's almost nothing worse than the Lord opening up favor for you and you turn it down because you're thinking what people going to think. But if I take this, then they're going to think I'm better. They're going to think I think I'm better than them. And you need to stop lying to yourself because the truth of the matter is that you do think you're better than them. I wish I had a witness in the building. Stop lying to yourself. You know you think you're better. You know you think you're cuter. Just by looking around. You looked in the mirror today. You was like, uh-huh, bang. Woke up like this, flawless. I know that's what you did. Stop acting like you don't think you cute. Stop acting like you don't think you smart. Stop all of the fake humility. Being humble is standing as tall as you want to be. But you stand next to God. He's so much bigger than you. That's where your humility comes from. You say, when I compare myself to him, oh, my God, my, oh my Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. When I consider the work of your fingers and the moon and the stars that you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of? You ain't got to slunk down and act like, let me take the low seat. You don't have to be that way. Stand as tall as you want. 
Stop acting like you don't think you're smart. Stop acting like you don't think you're special. Stop acting like you don't think you're blessed. You're blessed and highly favored. What the Lord has brought you through, listen, what God has done, he has spared your life. You're a walking miracle. Why would you ever turn down any of the favor that God has for you? Just step over the haters and take your place. I know, I know, because I was raised in that kind of condemnation theology. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And you're supposed to halfway feel bad about the fact that you are blessed, that God is moving, that he is opening doors for you, and you're not supposed to talk about it. But the devil is a liar. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Tell God. I tell God all the time. Listen, you give me the, I'll give you the glory if you give me the victory. Can we make an exchange of glory for victory? Oh, Lord, you get me in there. I'll tell everybody what you did. I will give you the praise. You just give me the victory. I'm going to praise you anyway, but there's another kind of praise I'm going to give you if you give me the victory. I know I said I'll praise you anyhow, and that's true, but if I was honest, I'll tell you, you're going to get a whole nother kind of praise out of me when I don't have to worry about money no more. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you ever, ever bless me like that, Every time I drive past that Powerball, I say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't know what you do when you drive by, but I start praying in the Holy Ghost. Give me a number. Give me a number. What was the scriptures today? It was 2 Corinthians 2, 2, 1, 2, 1, 4. Powerball anointing. No, I speak it over somebody. Please play it. Please play, play it. Play it. I can't. Please play it in the name of I. 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 I, I speak it over you. Powerball. Play it. I command you in the name of Jesus. Play the number. No, no, no. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm just serious. Rock in your chair. Say, Lord, give me the number. Lord, give me the number. Give me the number. And go play it. And if it hit, you know it's the Lord. Bring your tithe in here. We'll clap for you. Yes, we will. They're going to be mad at me for gambling. I won't. <laughs> I don't know whose church that is. Not world of mama, 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 commas. Not here. <laughs> no. We'll take all kinds of money in here. Money with glitter on it, we don't care. Anyway, all I'm telling you is... Be good soldiers. Hold your peace. Let the Lord fight your battles. 
That's the last thing the Lord told me to tell somebody. Hold your peace. Let the Lord fight your battles. You can't do, you can't do to them what God can do to them. And I'll say this last thing and I'm done. If you're praying to God for your enemies to die, you don't know what you're doing. That ain't the prayer to pray. The prayer to pray is for him to make a table before you in the presence of them. I need a witness in the building. Invite your haters to your wedding, girl. <laughs> And be like, <laughs> make them watch you. Eat that hate like M&M's. I used to pray for the Lord to smite my enemies. Now, I'm so glad they're still alive so they can see how God has blessed me in spite of what they said about me. You don't have to like me, not if God is for me. Who can be against me? And I have decided I'm going to hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles. And victory shall be mine. If you heard a word from the Lord, put your hands together and give God praise. Can I get you to give one more time? Can I get you to give in the building fund offering? I know we're over. Donate towards Victory Park. Don't leave. Don't run out the door real quick. I know we're over. The football game don't start till 1. And we're, we're having a new members orientation. Not, I mean, that's a, it's like a, it's a reception. So new member reception immediately after the service. If you've joined in 2023, it's going to be in that fellowship hall there. I'm going to be there. Senior leadership is going to be there. You can see me. Shake my hand. Take a picture with me if you'd like. And, uh, I'm just going to run, take this off because it's heavy and, and I'll be willing to, to, to praise God with you. But I want you to give. Okay, if you need an offering envelope, raise your hand. One of the gatekeepers will come to you and quickly and give you an offering envelope. And uh, you can take a picture of that QR code. You can donate towards the park and you can sign up and make a pledge towards the park because we're still on our way there. We own quite a bit of land here in the Durham area. This space here that we're in is a lease space and we're going to have some conversations in the new year about where we are. And um, But beloved, we want you to be a, a, a giver, be generous. Your tithe belongs to God. And then God promises to make you rich so you can be generous. And your generosity is what you give above your tithes and your offerings. I want you to dig down really deep today and I want you to give a good offering. And uh, I got $100 I'm going to drop in the bucket and I want you to dig down deep. I want you to give a good offering to the Lord. Everything that you give in this offering is going to go towards the church. It doesn't go to me. It's going to go to the work of the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that you can't beat God given no matter how hard you try. With the measure you use, it's measured unto you. And so if you're receiving anything that I said over you this morning, and if you're receiving homes you did not build, wells you did not dig, you want to be victorious. You cannot worship God for free. Sorry, but you cannot worship God for free. Anything free isn't really worth it. Very rarely do you get something good for free. It's free, but it costs you all you have. So I want you to dig down deep. Don't put more in your gut than you do in the, in the plate. Don't eat more than you give to the work of the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's pray for this offering. Lord, thank you. Praise you and honor you for this opportunity that we have to give.
You said, give, and it shall be given us to again, given unto us again. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will men pour into our laps. And so, God, we're believing that we may have lost some battles, but we're not going to lose the war. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight. And so we sow, we give to the work of the kingdom of God. And we're expecting you for jobs and better jobs and raises and benefits and bonuses and new businesses. We're believing, God, that we're going to double and triple and quadruple. We're believing, God, that you'll make us the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, always at the top, never at the bottom. Have your way in us. Kingdom of God, come in us. Will of God be done. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. We all sit together. God bless you as you give. As the bucket passes you, just sit still for just a second. And uh, as the bucket passes you, just, just sit tight for just a minute and let the, the gatekeepers finish up and do what they need to do. Anybody hear word from the Lord this morning? It was good. It was good for us to be here. Whoever is believing God for a miracle, I'm believing for God for a miracle right with you. I've been praying and praying and praying and getting all of my prayer people to help me pray. My spiritual father, Bishop Carlton Pearson, is not doing well, and I'm just believing God for a miracle from him for him. And and uh, so pray with me. And and uh, if you're wondering what I was so emotional about, if you were here, it's just that you know. Something happens when you're when your spiritual father, when the folks who taught you what you know, and uh, he's only seventy, so I'm just praying for him. Amen. Praying for him, and uh, praying that he will live and not die, and that God will show him his salvation. But even at the end of it all, death is not the end. Death is not the end. Death is not the end. And we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for what he what we do in this body. And I don't know what you, I don't know if you know my spiritual father or how you feel about him, but the man of God, man of his, man ahead of his time, he was a true prophet, still is. And um, man may look on the outside, but God judges the thoughts and attitudes and motives of your heart. The Bible says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharp to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at your heart. The Lord doesn't just look at what you do. He looks at the why of it. There's no greater why. But my spiritual father, his why was that he loved the world. And he was believing that God loved the world. That's why I'm praying for him. Amen. Jump on your feet. Thank you, Lord, for saving our soul. Thank you, Lord, for making us whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so full, so free. Thank you for living so big in us today. Thank you for speaking to us and through us. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Thank you for all these people that came to service first Sunday. Bring them back, Lord God, as we start our winter revival. Thank you for everyone that watched live around the world. Now, God, we surrender our lives into your hands. Bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people and give them peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, God, favor on your people. And let the words of your mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. For God, you're our rock and our redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all said together.
Amen. God bless you. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.